Good morning everyone and welcome to Lifehouse Church. It's amazing to have you here with us this morning. We are about to have worship together so find a spot that's comfortable for you whether you're standing or sitting and let's worship the King of Kings. Please do invite people to join us. You will see an invite button that comes up if you're on the online platform. Just click it and invite your friends and family on Facebook or if you're on YouTube don't hesitate to hit that share button.
Thank you to the worship team for that amazing time of worship. If you've just joined us this morning or you haven't had an opportunity to invite anyone, please, please do invite your friends and family on Facebook so that they can share in the word this morning. James will be doing the message soon, but before the message, we're just going over to the announcements. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you don't already, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date with what's going on at the moment. And we have some really exciting news today, if it hasn't already been mentioned. We are launching Lifehouse Connect Rooms after the service. The link will come up in the chat on the online platform, so please click on that at the end of the service, where we'll go to a Zoom room and we'll all be able to hang out together. Secondly, there will also be online prayer rooms where we will have members of the ministry team and the leadership there ready to privately pray with you and discuss anything that you need to talk about. So I hope to see you in the Lifehouse Connect rooms afterwards. We also have a prayer meeting Wednesdays at 7 on Zoom and there's also midweek worship sessions that are live on our YouTube channel. Check out the weekly email to find out all the details about that. Starting this fall, Lifehouse Church would like to host online an alpha course and some freedom sessions. If you haven't heard of these, I urge you to go online and have a little look. And if you feel this is something you'd like to get involved with in terms of leading or even attending, then please get in touch so we can best put that together for you. Thank you for continuing to partner with God in your finances. Lifehouse have been able to bless lots of people during this time who haven't been able to um, afford certain things. So thank you for continuing to do that. And if you want to partner with us in spreading the kingdom by using our finances, please continue to do that on the website, lifehouse.ca. There's a QR code that you can scan right here or you can go on our app, which you can find on the App Store. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for those announcements. And just before we go over to James, I'd love to share a prophetic word with you that God gave us this week while we were planning and speaking through the various possible scenarios and what it's looking like for us as a community going forward. God spoke to us out of Psalm 84, and it's a very well-known psalm. It starts off with a beautiful line that says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. And the psalmist speaks about how he loves to be in the presence of God, and there is nowhere better. But God highlighted verses 5 to 7 for us as a community, and I'd love to read those to you. In verse 5 it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And the you is referring to God. So blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord and whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Now this idea of pilgrimage has always been there. It was there for the history of the Jews. God was always speaking to the Jewish people about the fact that he was their true home. And for us as Christians and believers in Jesus, we know that we are in this world, but we are not of it. And that our true home is with God. And so it says, blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord and who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And at this time, where we are facing so many changes and so many challenges, God is saying, you can be at home in me. Make your home in me, and then you will not be shaken regardless of what happens around you. 
And then in verse 6, it says this, and it's beautiful. It says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, which actually means the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. And God was saying, if you will make your home in me, if you will draw your strength from me, then wherever you go, you're going to leave that place better and more alive than when you first arrived there. So whether that's you on a Zoom call, being able to encourage one of your work colleagues and leaving them feeling more encouraged and better than they were feeling before the call, or whether it's encouraging a family member who's having a really difficult time, we can make wherever we go a place of springs, a place of life, because God is with us in the midst of those places. And then in verse 7, it says, they go from strength to strength. And that is God's promise to us as his precious children, that if we will make our home in him, if we will draw our strength from him, then no matter what is happening and no matter how unusual our circumstances happen to look, we will go from strength to strength. So Lifehouse, that is God's promise to us. And I pray that this week we will enjoy the truth of going from strength to strength in God. And now, over to James. Lee, thank you for that word. It really just helps us um, to give a good foundation for what we're going to be speaking about today. And, and I want to title today, Embracing Change. But we're not just going to talk about change. We're going to talk about us being one people together, you know, through change. And as we go through change, that, that we don't need to be afraid. We need to put our trust completely in God. And so even in me saying that, you're like, oh, what's changing? Well, we've actually gone through this incredible season where there's been a lot of change. I mean, a few months ago, we go back to February, early March, we were meeting together at Dolphin School. We knew about this thing called COVID-19, but it was something that was distant from us. It wasn't something that was affecting us. And now for the last few months, we've been you know, dealing with social distancing. We've not been able to meet together. There's just been a lot of change in all of our lives. And you know, no one really enjoys change. And, and each one of us, to a different degree, have a difficulty embracing it. You know, I look at the early church, man, it went through a ton of change. I mean, imagine being at the time of Jesus. The, you're coming and Jesus comes, he's announcing the kingdom. He's died, he's risen again. There's these people that were his followers that are now going around and telling all the Jewish believers that actually how they have related to God and how they believed in God has got to change. And now you're starting to see as the years go on, Gentiles and Jews coming into the kingdom together and, and there's change because you've got people with different customs, you've got people with different perspectives and you've got, you've got one group of people that thought they were the chosen people, they were the, they, you know, they were the only one, let's say the, the chosen group, the chosen race, and now they've got to embrace all these others. They've got to embrace all these people that they used to look down upon, embrace these people that they used to say were, were not part of them and that were, you know, they were, that were far, far away from God. And now in Christ, you have these two groups that are becoming one. It's quite, a, quite an incredible thing. I want to read us a scripture out of Galatians, Galatians 3, verse 26 to 28. It says, and it's talking about these, these two groups coming together, and it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, 
nor is there male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's the truth for us as the church of God. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Right around the globe, there's one head of the church, Jesus Christ. We're all part of that church. Even when we are you know, identified by a group like Lifehouse or whatever church that people go to, you know, those are groupings. There's there groups within the church, but we're all actually one church under Jesus. And it's so important that we remember this as we, as we go through you know, our journey together. Now, there's, there's a change that I want to tell you about that's happening with Lifehouse in the next little bit. And, and that change is that actually Lifehouse and another church, Arise Church, are coming together as one. We're going to be one church together. When this planning process started, we were going to be one church with two sites, one at Dolphin, one in Aaron, in Aaron Mills, their old site. That likely will still happen. But with all the changes that are going on in the world right now, we don't know when that's going to happen. And so we're, we have this exciting thing where we get to embrace these two amazing groups of people, followers of Jesus, coming together as one group of people together. And it's going to be an amazing process over the next few weeks where we just start you know, doing things. And over the next few months as we're able to meet together more, where we start functioning as one church. So Lifehouse, you know, as we, we want to welcome Arise, being part of us, we want to welcome Arise, joining with us. We're no longer going to be Lifehouse and Arise. We are going to be one church together. We're Lifehouse Church and one big family together. But, you know, when we started this process of planning with Arise, we were, you know, still meeting in schools. We were still expecting things to look a particular way. Now we're in a place where we're all meeting in homes. You're watching what I'm saying to you on video. We're not together in the same room. And yet there's going to be change coming up. We know in the next few weeks, in the next few months, that are within the next this this month or into next month we'll be able to start meeting in homes you know we might be able to gather in groups of 10 or 15 we're not sure the number but so that's going to be a change we're going to change from going where it's just us and our families watching tv together or watching a, a message on tv that to now we have the opportunity to invite others into our homes it's going to be an amazing opportunity for us to be connecting together again. I know it's not the same as us being in, in one building together, but at least we're going to start being able to, to not just see each other on screens, but see each other you know, together as families. And it's such an incredible opportunity. It's actually an opportunity I'm excited about because I want to remind you that Lifehouse Church started as a group of people in my home. You know, originally it was Lee, myself, Joel, and there was a couple of teenagers, you know, two to four other teenagers that were meeting together in our home. And out of that, out of that small meeting, God was able to birth a church. It didn't happen in a day. It didn't happen in a week. It happened over years. But it, God slowly grew what we were doing, and a church was born. A local church was born out of that. I'm excited to see what God's going to do as we start meeting in our homes as we start being able to, you know, not just meet with other people that are, you know, part of the Lifehouse community, but able to invite friends and family over, able to invite, uh, invite maybe people we haven't met, maybe someone from Arise over to the family of someone from Lifehouse, or vice versa, or even better, inviting your neighbors over, inviting family members over that don't know Jesus. 
It's this incredible opportunity for us to use our homes in this next season as we're waiting for the day when we can gather together again as one big church. And so this next change that we're going to embrace as a church is a, an important one. It's an exciting one. And obviously, you know, we've got to do things within our comfort zone. If you're someone that just doesn't feel maybe medically, you're just in a place where it's, hey, it would be, you feel it would be dangerous for you to have people over. There's going to be no pressure. There's going to be no pushing on that. We're not allowed to do this yet. We're waiting for the government to say it's okay for, for groups bigger than five to get together. But when that happens, we want to be ready for it. We want to start preparing ourselves. We want to start be praying into that. So I want you as, as people at LifeHouse to be thinking about what this is going to look like. I want you to be imagining, you know, how you, you know, having people over. When we used to do it in our home, we would have a meal together. We would come, we would talk about God, we would share, we would worship together, and then we would eat together. And it's just, it's Acts, right? In the book of Acts, they were meeting from house to house. It's just this amazing opportunity where we get to connect with one another in our homes. And so, yes, is it a change? It is. It is a, it is a change. We're going to be changing as a church, as two churches come together and become one new church together. We're going to be changing as a community in the next little bit where we get to meet in homes together again. And each one of these change, we want to embrace wholeheartedly, fully putting our trust in God for the change that's happening and letting him lead us and guide us as we go on this journey. Now, there's another thing that I want to talk to us about as a community, and it's something that's so important for us. Because we see what's going on in the media right now, particularly with Black Lives Matter. And listen, I'm not afraid to say Black Lives Matter. We're this incredible, amazing, multicultural community. We're a community made up of people from all around the world. I'm so proud to lead this community. I, I love this community. It's, it's, it's different. It's challenging. You know, at times, you know, trying to lead something with so many different cultures and different perspectives and our different things we bring to the table, but it's the most beautiful thing and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You know, and every one of us matter. And I, I love if you've been watching anything in the social media, in the media on this, going Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that we're saying that only Black Lives Matter. We're just identifying that at this moment in time that God is bringing to the forefront that there is an issue in the world. In particular, there's an issue in our neighbors to the, to, the, to the south of us in the United States. And to be honest, I have not been highly aware of, of the issues. I was aware that racism has been an issue, aware that historically with slavery and that there were still issues of racism today. But to be honest, I really never had any idea of what those, the extent of those issues have been. I've seen the media in the past. I've seen the protests in the past. But for there's something different this time. There's something where God is literally bringing it to the forefront and saying, church, I want you to pay attention. I'm watching church leaders all over the place standing up and saying, no more. This, this has got to stop. Now, I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was working for a company. We did printing materials for um, real estate companies in Florida. And for some reason, myself and, and another person with the company, we had to drive an order down to Florida. I think it was late printed. It literally had to get there. So we, we had to drive from Mississauga all the way down to Florida. And I'd never been to Florida before. It was my first time there. And the thing that shocked me is that coming from Canada, is, is we're driving into different areas. You go to an area and like literally everyone, in, in for, everyone around was all black. 
There was only, you know, it was like one race in a particular area, one color in a, in a particular area. And I found it very strange. And you could see the disparity in Florida between the areas that were predominantly black and the way the housing looked and everything else looked. And then when you go into the areas that were predominantly white, they, uh, everything was completely different. And there was a, clearly a disparity between wealth in those areas. And I remember going, wow, this is so different. And it was something that struck me at the time. But you know, life goes on and, and it wasn't something that I focused a whole lot on. But in these, in these last, you know, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine who went to college at a Christian university in the States, again in the South, and he was from a smaller town in Ontario and he went down there and he said, you know, it struck him that when he got there, that all the people that were of, of black background were on one side of the cafeteria and everyone else, all the white people were on the other side of the cafeteria. And he was saying that, you know, he went and spoke to, you know, one of the people at one point that was uh, of a different color. And they were upset that he was speaking to him. Like, hey, how, you know, how dare you speak to me? Until they found out he was Canadian and then everything was okay. But, and it's like, oh, so it was interesting to him. But then as he started talking to people and he started talking to the, the, the coaches or other people that were white, that racism was ingrained. And it's like, well, no, we don't, we don't have people that are black on our teams. They have their teams, we have our teams. And this was in the turn of the century. Like this is 2000, you know, in, in and around that time, late 90s, early 2000s. This isn't 50 years ago. This isn't 20 years ago. This was happening right then and now. And over the last little bit, I've really been educating myself just on terms of what are the current issues. And as I've started to understand and started to learn about literally the systematic laws, the, the, the prison industrial complex in the US, the fact that one in three black males is incarcerated in the United States, that there's some significant problems there that we can't just ignore. You know, and now we're not Americans, you know, we're here in Canada, but we also have to acknowledge that some of the issues from the US can affect us here as well. We, we are highly influenced by the media of the United States. We're highly influenced with, by what goes on there. And for us, in this multicultural place, it's so important that we examine any prejudice we might have towards people what, regardless of the color they are, regardless of how we judge. See, at the end of the day, issues like prejudice and racism, they, they ultimately aren't just about you know, judging someone by a color. They're ultimately about people having power over one another. You know, historical issues of racism, whether we go back the last couple of hundred years or whether we go back in world history, is always about one group of people oppressing another group of people for economic benefit. It's at the root of all of this is greed. And at the root of all of it is this idea that one group of people is better than another group of people. That somehow, just by the very, just by the race or the background or the country that someone comes from, they are somehow less than us or we are somehow better than them. And we may not believe that we're racist. We may go, hey, no, I, you know what, I don't have any, you know, I don't believe in, the, in that. I know I see everyone as equal. And I really believe for us as a Christian community and at Lifehouse Church that there, there isn't and a problem of this, but I say that, but at the end of the day, I don't, can't see into everyone's heart, but God can. And, and I wanna give us a quote by Dallas Willard from his book, uh, Knowing Christ Today. And in it, he says that we often unknowingly pick up beliefs and attitudes, just like a wool jacket might pick up lint. And it takes an intentional effort to deal with all that lint. Mm -hmm. You know, we've gotta be willing to go, hey, have I picked up attitudes towards other people? 
whether we're talking about the, the issue in the media right now about Black Lives Matter, but if we picked up attitudes towards anybody, have we picked up attitudes towards any different race or picked up attitudes towards any different people? Because it's a pretty good chance that we have just by going through life. Just, there's these things that we unintentionally, we start picking them up at a very young age. And we don't you know, realize that just the depictions of how we see people in the media, how we see people in the news, how we see people um, in, in books, how we encounter people on the streets, all has an effect on how we ultimately view people. And this is something that we've got to allow God to come into our lives and change. We've got to be willing to confront and ask ourselves, do we actually hold beliefs? And I'll be honest with you, that until you know, the last week or so, I, I would have been someone that say, hey, people have equal opportunity. They, they, you know, and what we do with our opportunities is really up to us. But the truth is we don't have equal opportunity. There, there, there really isn't. And there have been times where different groups of people, I mean, Canada, Canada in just even how we have treated native Canadians, people that were indigenous Canadians, people that were born here, you know, for hundreds, thousands of years ago. Like it's, it's abysmal. And the way we still treat them is terrible. You know, these are issues that, of justice that we can't ignore as the church. These are issues of justice that, that we can't just say, well, that's someone else's problem. Now, political action, I don't know if that's the answer. I, I believe the answer for everything is that we as a church are willing to stand up and proclaim Jesus. Because the reality is political change, you know, it may last for a little bit, but at the end of the day, they're still going to. History tells us one group is always going to try to oppress another. It doesn't matter what group in history we look at. People were always trying to oppress each other. You know, and they're always trying to oppress each other now. The only way this changes is if Jesus becomes the head of our lives, that we are submitted to him, surrendered to him, and we take on a biblical kingdom worldview. This isn't just a biblical worldview, it's a kingdom worldview. Because sadly, people in the name of the Bible throughout history, you know, and in very recent history, have used the Bible to try to justify things like slavery, oppression, or that one group is in front of the other. So it's going, it's a biblical view isn't good enough. We have to have a God's kingdom view. We need to have a true view where we aren't interpreting the Bible through our own lenses, but we're interpreting the Bible through Jesus Christ. We're interpreting, you know, what God's word says through who God is, through the Jesus who carried the deity in the fullness of within him. Our, our, our perception of the world has to be shaped by God's worldview and not, none other. Now, we can't afford the world needs, I say we can't afford to not change. The world needs us to change. The world needs the sons and daughters to, of God to arise and be who we're called to be. It needs us to deal with our character, to not make excuses for it, to, to deal with it in every area, whether it's an issue of prejudice, an issue of, preju of, of greed, an issue of whatever it is in our life, that we would be a people that are allowing God to transform our lives through and through so that would we, we would reflect the character of Christ always. That we wouldn't be afraid to let God examine our heart, let the Holy Spirit come in and show us and help us identify and deal with things that we've got to deal with in our lives. It's the only way that there's going to be real change. Political change, you know, it'll, it'll go here and there. Changed hearts, you know, that's a different thing. 
And if we will be a people sold out to Jesus, transformed by Jesus, and not afraid to teach others about Jesus, not afraid to open up our homes and embrace our neighbors and say, come on in, come and have a meal with me on Sunday. I want to talk to you about Jesus. Not afraid to, to share our lives with those around us. Not afraid to embrace you know, those that are different than us, that are in, in every possible way. You know, if, we will, if we will bring the message of Jesus to all those around us, if we'll start being the salt and the light in the world the way that we're meant to be, if we'll, we'll do that in an increasing measure with lives sold out to God, then this world will see lasting change. And then we'll see you know, true equality among men and women, among people of different colors, people from different countries. But that only can happen under Jesus with a people completely surrendered to him. Matthew 7, it tells us in Matthew 7 verse 12, so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, we've got to treat each other the way that we want to be treated. Why is it important that we say something? Why is it important that we educate ourselves right now in terms of this issue? You know, why there, if Black Lives Matter um, uh, movement exists? Because there's people, there's Christians, there's brothers and sisters in Christ right next door to us that are suffering, that, that need us. We may not be able to change the political system of the U.S., but by us simply saying, yes, we, we stand with you, by simply educating ourselves as to what the real issues are, then we are able to come alongside, we're gonna pray into the right things and we're gonna be able to demonstrate the change is necessary. But the most important thing that we can be doing as God's children, as a Christian community, is us being willing to share our lives with others and, and never stop telling people about Jesus, never stop allowing God's kingdom to transform our heart and lives and us become the people of peace that we're meant to be. So Lifehouse, you know, let's be that people. Let's bring that change and arise welcome. It's, it's a privilege to have you part of us. We're gonna be celebrating this you know, more and more, this new merger, this new joining together that's happening over the coming weeks and over the coming days. And we'll be doing more and more things together. We can't wait till we can celebrate with you in person, but we just say to you, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Everyone, I pray that you have an amazing week this week. I pray that you will, I put on social media just a, a, an example of a film that's a, a helpful film to even educate yourself as to what the issues are in the United States. It's called 13th and it's about the 13th Amendment. You can find it on Netflix, you can find it on YouTube. It's just one simple way that you can educate yourself about some of the issues that are going on and we can stand with people. Are people being oppressed everywhere? Absolutely. It's just God is bringing this, this issue to the forefront. We want to stand together. Let's pray. Lord, I, I just pray for us as a community, as we are becoming one. I thank you that it tells us in Ephesians uh, 2, verses 14 to 17, it says that for he himself is our peace. He who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in the flesh the law and its commands and regulations. His purpose in talking about Jesus was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. 
He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we all have access to the Father by one spirit. Lord, may we be the people that bring the good news of the gospel, that bring your peace everywhere we go, into our homes, into our families, into our neighborhoods, and into our workplaces. And the example of Lifehouse Church, this beautiful, amazing, multicultural community of people from all around the world, may we see that example of what your kingdom is going to look like go from us out everywhere to all corners of this world. Amen. So thank you for joining us this morning. It was amazing to have you here with us. If you are new, please do fill out the connect card. You will see it coming up on your screen if you're on the online platform. We would love to connect with you. But that isn't the end. Just as we would usually meet up and have coffee together, we do have a Zoom hangout area where you can hang around and be chatting to people. And we also have prayer rooms where people are ready to pray with you this morning. You will see links going up if you're on the online platform or you would have received a text message with the links to join us in the Zoom rooms. But yeah, that was amazing to have you here with us. Thank you for joining us this morning and please do join next time.